Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue in our study of Ephesians chapter 5. In this passage, we are instructed not to be partakers of this world, as we were when we walked in darkness, but to walk as children of light. As children of light and a new creature, we are to shed ourselves of the old man and put on the new man. Please follow along with Pastor Jim as he explains Ephesians chapter 5, verses 7 through 14 in today's slice of this week's message entitled, Walk as Children of Light. The fact that you're on the right course is verified by the peace that you have when you're walking in obedience with the Lord, by the joy that you have when you say no to the flesh and say yes to the Spirit. Um, This is a ministry of the Holy Spirit to you. This same word that I don't like translated as trying to learn occurs over in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. You know that one, um, presents your bodies as a living sacrifice. And he says, um, we are transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we prove, that's the same word as trying to learn, so that we prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Or like he says here, it consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. We illustrate what light does when it comes upon the scene. So don't be partakers in darkness, but walk as children of light. Don't go along with those old pre-Christian ways of thinking and living that you were so good at. That's point number one. Number two, don't participate, but expose. Verse 11, and do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. Now, I I don't know why the New American Standard 95 update translation uh, left out the word and. Actually, I do know why. I just disagree with leaving it out. I think it's important because there really is a connection here. Do not partake in those things, but even more importantly, do not participate in them. The word participate is a stronger word here in verse 11 than the word partaker in verse 7 that we saw. This word is literally the prefix that means with and um, the verb that means to have fellowship or to be a partner. It means partnering together in something. It can even be translated communion or fellowship. That's where we, we symbolize and live out in practice that we are one body together. We are members of one another. We belong together. We need each other. We each have gifts that need to be exercised for the body to, uh, to grow and to mature. So do not become a participating fellow with, if you want to say it that way, in the unfruitful deeds of darkness. Unfruitful deeds of darkness... Those are things that are not spiritually productive. It doesn't bring glory to God. It isn't a good testimony. 
It doesn't bring that sense of satisfaction and joy and peace that obeying the Lord does. You know, a tree can be very pretty but completely unfruitful. That's what he's saying here. In the, in the context, he's talking about anything that's void of goodness and righteousness and truth. Don't, don't be a partner with that. Now, when you see something like that, and we just saw it, don't take it too far. Now, I don't mean don't obey it, but keep it in perspective. This does not mean that in order to be mature in Christ, you should totally withdraw from the world, have no contact. That idea of monasticism is 100% totally anti-biblical. That's not how you get more spiritual. That's how you hide. We're to come to the fortress, to the supply depot, in order to be trained and equipped and dispatched and sent out to take the good news that you can be delivered from the domain of darkness and transferred to the kingdom of His dear Son by the grace of God through Jesus Christ. Or to use the analogy that has been beaten to death a lot of times, having a boat in the water, well, that's a good idea. But having water in your boat, that's a problem. That's why we need not a one-way valve that lets the water into the boat. We need to pump the water out, and we need to know how to drive that boat to where the message needs to be taken. Living in the world is good and necessary. Letting the attitudes of the world control your life or filter into your church, that's a bad thing. We can take the words of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. He wrote a letter to the church in Corinth before the one that is preserved in the Bible as 1 Corinthians, and he says this, 1 Corinthians 5, 9, and 10, I wrote you in my letter not to associate with immoral people. I did not at all mean with the immoral people of this world or with the covetous and swindlers or with idolaters, for then you would have to go out of the world. In other words, we live in the world. We, we go about and have our existence in a world that is still darkness. It's still depraved. It's still fallen. It's not going to be changed until Jesus comes again. The world that is, uh, the society that is deteriorating and crumbling around us is just taking down its own facade and becoming what it really is at its core. That's all that we're seeing there. We have to live and interact with unbelievers, with people who have no interest in God, with people who, who maybe even despise the things of Christ. I, don't get crazy about how far you take this idea of having nothing to do with the things of the world. You know, I don't want you to, you know, stop at the convenience store, fill your car with gas, and decide to uh, buy a bottle of water and walk up to the cashier and say, now before I give you any of my money, do you call Jesus Christ your Lord? Um, that doesn't mean you, you have no fellowship, no contact whatsoever. He's talking about in the church. You don't have fellowship with those who profess Christ and are still in darkness, who are bringing the pollution into the church. And if you aren't sure that it says that, keep reading the next three verses, 1 Corinthians 5, 11 through 13. But actually, I wrote to you not to associate with any so-called brother 
if he is an immoral person or covetous or an idolater or a reviler or a drunkard or a swindler, not even to eat with such a one. Now, that doesn't mean that if Uncle George is unsaved, you can't eat in the same room with him at your Thanksgiving dinner. He's talking about the love feast. He's talking about welcoming that person to the, to the Lord's table and to the, and to the communal meal of, uh, of the church, acting as if they are, um, that, that person is one of us, when in fact, he or she might not be. So don't even eat with, with uh, such a one. For what have I to do with judging outsiders? Do you not judge those who are within the church, but those who are outside, God judges. Remove the wicked man from among yourselves. Don't let the wickedness flow into the church. Keep it out. Keep the church pure. But take the message out from the gathering into the world where it needs to go. So here comes the other side of the coin. Keep that in balance. We're not to be fellow participators with it. We don't just go along with the ways of the world. We need to expose those things. Look now at Ephesians 5, verse 11. And do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. The word expose has a a couple of aspects to its meaning. It means to expose as guilty, to prove that something is wrong, or to awaken someone to the consciousness of guilt. Uh, You get an idea of the meaning of this word if you were to chase that Greek word through the New Testament. Sometimes it's translated, tell him his fault, reprove, expose, convince, convict, rebuke, confute, punish. So the idea is that we should live in such a way that it is more and more clear what is right and what is wrong, what is darkness and what is light. We are not called to go into the world and be morally neutral on things. If something is wrong, we need to expose it as wrong and certainly not participate in it. It means we, we don't go out and compromise to get along. We speak truth always in love. When we see the habits of the old man bubbling up in us, we want to strip that away like we would strip off a filthy, stinky garment, renew our mind and put on the new man. Listen to the comments of one of my favorite Bible commentators, um, William Hendrickson. He's, uh, he's with the Lord now. He came out of the Dutch Reformed tradition and... Uh, I don't even think English was his first language, but oh man, could he write? He says it this way, for example, when God says, worship me alone, and another says, worship idols, it will not do to try to worship Jehovah under the symbolism of images which are on the way to becoming idols. Sin must be exposed. One is not being nice to a wicked man by endeavoring to make him feel what a fine fellow he is. The cancerous tumor must be removed, not humored. 
It is not really an act of love to smooth things over as if the terrible evil committed by those still living in the realm of darkness is not so bad after all. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.